Hi everyone, I'm Vince. I'm Amy. You're listening to The Grid is for Squares. The Grid is for Squares, the show where we get high and talk about building an off-the-grid property in California. Is there an echo? Is there an echo? What are we smoking today? Uh, what are we smoking today? Today we're smoking some Dragonfire, which if you've been paying attention, you know we've smoked some Dragonfire once before. Why don't you spark that this time? I will. Um, due to the, um, ongoing zoo escape, which if, if you've been following along has now spread, uh, not only to the other animals in the zoo, but all of the zoos, um, they're all out now. So, um, we've had to make some, some changes here on the show and we're smoking, uh, something that we've smoked before. This is the dragon fire. Yeah. The last time was in the tent. I mean, we've smoked it in the meantime as well, but when we were recording from the property a couple weeks ago, uh, that is what we smoked as well. It's pretty good stuff, huh? Um, so today we thought we would talk about a typical day on our property. We've run out of specific, um, topics for now. You know, we built the greenhouse we built the outhouse. Um, but we thought we would like maybe zoom out a little bit and just talk about experientially on the ground, what is it like for us when we go up to the, the the property? Yeah, a day in the life of the property. Yeah, it's a pretty good pretty good subject. Um, Side note: We still need a name. Ah, the um, property. Yeah, capital T, capital I know. P. It's driving me nuts to keep saying the property. We could underline it. <laughs> Put it in italics. Um, I like night sparkles. Night sparkles? I don't know. <laughs> That's not a unicorn. A goth unicorn. <laughs> night sparkles. Well, I thought we could maybe open it up to our legions of loyal listeners. Oh, yes. You know, based on the All information you've heard have, so yes. far, <laughs> you know that there are the, the sparkles at night. The uh -huh. dirt is very... Never yeah, seen anything gold, like that. Gold glitter alley. Glitter sparkles. <laughs> yep. Um, there are Toyons and Manzanitas. Mm -hmm. Um, it's near the Sierras. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to force it. Better to Definitely. just have the the placeholder of the property until we find the perfect name. But absolutely, I was really hoping that we could come up with a good catchy name. We'll get there. We'll I get hope there. we'd have a lot of things by now. <laughs> it hasn't been that long, though. It's It's been about six months now. Um, October, November, December, January, February, March... April, okay, seven months. Yeah. But still, given that we've only been up there about once a month, uh, it's pretty good. It's I, like half Swiss Family Robinson by now. <laughs> it's definitely getting better. It really, I mean, by better, I just mean more developed. It's always been great. Um, but we have some, you know, stone steps. We have some terrace pathways with wood chips and a little bit of landscaping now. Um, you know, the outhouse, the greenhouse. Uh, but anyway, let's put ourselves in that mindset it's 6 a.m we've just woken up our, our alarm clocks have rudely woken us up to hit the road uh what do we do oh you're talking about how we get there so yeah starting yeah might as well start there yeah it's like yeah. a five hour drive to get right. from we our try apartment. to get up we try to get go early but our car isn't getting any younger so <laughs> neither I, are we i like to take it slow you know we don't go much above 60 doesn't add too much time and damn you get some good gas mileage so normally we make two or three bathroom stops on our way up there. So it takes about five hours. Sometimes we'll stop and eat lunch too. If we're in a hurry, usually Amy will eat lunch and then she'll like hold the steering wheel for me <laughs> while I eat. It's not quite true, <laughs> not but yes. Quite. I can I can hold Mostly I, can I take steer the dog so you can eat a sandwich. Yeah, she can take the dog and I can steer with my knees and 
But mm-hmm. lately, uh, what with the Rona, yeah. uh, we've been trying, obviously, to cut up, cut down our bathroom stops. Because um, just the more times you stop in public and interact with any surfaces or humans, you're putting yourself and those humans at risk. You don't want to share air or surfaces. Um, so we did. Dis- we have discovered a couple um, nice little pull-offs. Yeah, mostly one. It, it's it's Smoky Bear Lane Smoky or Bear. something. Smoky Bear. Hey, if you live in Los Angeles and you're on your way up north, yeah, and no, you we should tell them specifically. To pee, uh, well, then everybody's going to do it, and it's going to be even more trash than it is now. Make sure you bring um, all your used tires. Yes, a deposit to the trash gods. Oil. Which hold their God, altars there. Please don't dump anything there, please. You can pee there. Smoky Bear Road. It's in Angeles. Yeah. Great place. You can easy on, easy off. Um, it's like an hour and a half, maybe? I think just an hour just like north an hour. of where we live. So it's is, that first, yeah. like, you've been driving north for an hour, and you drank a whole bunch of coffee when you first got up. And now you're like, oh, we just left an hour ago, but I already have to pee. Do we have to stop somewhere real? And the answer is no. You can just pull off at Smoky Bear Road and yeah. and pee behind the bushes and nobody from the freeways can see you. <laughs> so we'll try to find one a little bit closer to Mariposa and let you know next time a good spot to pee. <laughs> I will say that having this property and just like being outside in our own private space for days on end has made me a lot more comfortable peeing outside just to free ball in it. That's great. <laughs> um, not that I was ever particularly squeamish about it, but I pretty much at any given time, if nobody is directly looking at me, I feel pretty comfortable just squatting down and peeing. So then we usually get up there. What around one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock rock. rock. Yes. Um, so maybe we eat lunch on the road. Sometimes we just eat some snacks on the way up and then have lunch when we get up Right, there. when we arrive. Um, Take a long weekend. This will be like a Friday afternoon, maybe. Yeah. We get there. Yeah, it's usually not worth it, we find, to go up for less than four days because, you know, a five-hour drive is not insignificant. That's like half of a day. Yeah. So, I mean, when you factor in, like, packing and unpacking and stuff, it's practically a whole day. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, three days can be done, a three-day weekend, but... Taking a Friday and a Monday really is ideal. Yeah, and it's hard to come back and jump right back into work. For me, I know mm-hmm. some people can can take a red eye, get off the plane at 5 a.m. and go to work a few Ugh. hours later, but that ain't me. No, no, that's not how I roll either. So, yeah, try to do a Friday, Monday, four-day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we get up there Friday, and now that winter's gone, we're past the equinox, we get a lot more light. Yeah, that's been you nice. really notice... The change in daylight when you're working outside, like the the change in the usable hours of the day really has a huge impact on your life. Yeah, so we're not in such a hurry when we get up there now, huh? We yeah. get up, we can have a drink, maybe take a little walk, mm-hmm. go to the Galvey box and start yeah. unpacking stuff. So we, we talked a little bit about the Galvey box several episodes ago, I think, but remind everybody about what that oh, is. Yeah. It's so a storage just, spot uh, for us on the property. Yeah, yeah. Um... This um, shipment came to work. Galvi is short for galvanized. Galvanized, yeah. Galvanized um, steel, aluminum. What? Is... It's called zinc alum. Thank you for asking. <laughs> it's a pretty new uh, composite material. I'm sorry, it might be an alloy, not a composite. <laughs> um, it's zinc and aluminum. Doesn't and... galvanized imply alloy? Um. Ye... Yeah. Oh, no. Let's, let's not no, get into we don't this. need to get into Let's this. leave this to the boffins <laughs> and to the comment section. Um, it is galvanized. It's a new kind of zinc and aluminum. It's super rust resistant. Um, and 
yeah, it was just something we were going to throw away at work. Something had shipped in it that needed to be in a pretty solid case. Um, and this thing's big. I think it's like 45 inches by 40 by 20. So a decent interior space. Um, I put some weatherproofing, uh, just some waterproofing tar around the outside and bottom to make it a little more waterproof. Um, so no critters can get in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe insects can find their way into the eight little corners. But we um, found mice everywhere, everywhere on the property, but never, they've never made, made it inside the Galvi box. Yeah. We also threw some silica beads in there. You can get so smart. Yeah. You can get, you know, silica gel by the pound, um, and get some organza bags. Um, cause they're very porous. They let a lot of air in. Um, I got the color changing beads, so they turn green when they're, um, when they've absorbed all the water. Um, and then you just recharge them in the oven or the microwave. By but, recharge, you mean dry out basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can reuse them. You shouldn't be just throwing away silica gel and buying it new because you go through a lot up there. Um, when you get in and it's raining and you get water in the galley, everything gets wet, bedding gets wet. It's really nice to to have that silica gel in those enclosed spaces. Yeah, because there's no way you're going to be able to pack the Galvi box without any moisture inevitably getting in there. Right. And that's even if it wasn't raining all the time, which it has been. Mm -hmm. um, but the so. silica beads conveniently uh, absorb it all. Yeah. So smart. You're so smart. <laughs> yeah, it's a good little, good little box we got up there. So we put a lot of, you know, bedding uh, so that mice don't find their way into it. Uh, beer, water... Um, you know, camp stove fuel, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. Um, but lately we've also been just kind of trusting, um, and leaving our tent up and that's a little bit of storage too. Yeah. It was sort of a bold move. I think it worked out okay. We didn't get any infestations or anything. No mice in the tent. But last time we were up there, we decided that we should finally just take down the tent and bring it home and air mm -hmm. it out. And we also have a zipper issue we love our tent it was a wedding gift right yeah um and We've got it like five years it's, now it's, it's a nice tent really, really um, solid it's but the zipper the yeah yeah it really has uh but the zipper is starting to rip yeah uh, it doesn't zip closed anymore um so we've been doing this thing where we just drape a sheet over the entirety of the front so it you know masks the entire opening um, and just kind of draw the sheet aside when we get in and out of the tent. It works. It does work. Um, but we decided that, especially with the mouse problem, um, we're, we've sort of been tempting fate by just having a loose sheet draped over the entrance to the tent. I have no idea why the mice didn't get in, to be to totally honest. Um, I saw them on the top of the yeah, tent. Yeah, they were above it. They were the below night. it. Why they didn't just they push through, in. I don't they know. They got into the unfinished greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Um but they won't anymore. Yeah, so we're, we've decided to we address the zipper issue by installing a um, Ziploc. Nope, that's nope. not the word. I, I can take it from here. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, we're going to fix it. We got some thick uh, industrial Velcro, Velcro is the word you were looking for. Um, you know, so gonna... invented in the 50s, mag yeah. magic technology. We're going <laughs> to put the Velcro Ziploc around <laughs> the whole tent. We're not going to... I guess we're going to cut it out, aren't we? We're going to cut out the old. 
yeah just roll it up or something anyway we also got this um mesh that people put on screen doors so that dogs can't claw through we're not going to mess around with a zipper we're just going to put the other side of the velcro on the mesh yeah so we'll give it a try it's pretty much the way we approach everything we see a problem we make up a solution sometimes As it works we go. sometimes it doesn't work but you adjust on the some... fly and you make it work yeah um, okay, so let's jump to like a typical day on the property because right. arrival and pack out days are sort of, you know, unusual. For sure, for sure. So on a typical day, we'll wake up in the tent having slept fairly warmly because of our, you know, deep bedding oh. situation. I think we usually go like one layer of, well, we start with the um, the aluminum, the survival blanket, the yeah. shiny survival blanket um, on the very bottom and then yoga mats and then... I think one blanket and then a couple of air mattresses and then another blanket and then sleeping bags and then individual blankets inside of the sleeping bags and then at least one more blanket on top of that. Does that I've, sum it up? Does that sound about right? I've never slept better or more comfortably <laughs> than in that tent. Like most of what you described is just what goes underneath us. Right. We all get our own sleeping bag. Well, that's part of we the secret of staying warm when you're camping is not yeah. just from the air, but from the ground. The cold coming yeah. up from the ground so, is what makes you cold more than anything, I find. Oh, my timer's going off. I have a cake in the oven. I'll oh, be right back. Oh, let's get that cake. <laughs> just a sec. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Uh, how's the cake looking? Great. All right. Weird shade of purple. Stoked. <laughs> All right, so we had just finished talking about our bedding situation. We sleep super comfy. Then, uh, on a typical day, Vince will get up first, uh, like a little bit after sunrise, um, and he'll make some coffee. Yep. I usually make a cup for myself and... Just kind of stand and stare into the middle distance for a few minutes. <laughs> we have a, um, what's it? Jet boil? The jet boil, yeah. It works yeah. really well. Yeah, I like the the instant coffee. It's a little bit of a guilty pleasure. It's easy to make ground coffee, but I like the via. Yeah, I mean, it's just easier when you're camping easy, no to waste. add it to water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then me and Judy and Dickens. Dickens gets up next. We'll get up maybe like a half an hour earlier. Um, Later. Later, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Dickens will like start pawing at the inside of the tent yeah. and jump out if if we let him. Yeah, but I don't know. He he likes being all curled up with us. Yeah. Tent or sometimes place. he'll come out and I'll take him on a mini walk and he'll do his business <laughs> and then just jump right back out in the tent and Make sleep a for few, another half uh, hour. International phone calls. Yeah. Get all his business taken care of. Yeah. Um. It's nice to start the day with a walk to kind of get, like, the blood moving, especially when it's cold. Yeah. Um, sometimes when, when we w have woken up on the property, it's been, like, I don't know, 35, 35 yeah. degrees or something. And so a cup of hot coffee and a little walk is, is nice. Yeah, and we'll go to... By now, we've, we've explored most of the areas. We know where we're going most of the time. Still get lost once in a while, um, but we'll talk about what we want to do for the day and usually identify one area where we kind of stop and turn around and talk about what we could do there. Yeah, envision the future. Uh, on that note, we've actually been making maps of our property. Maps are one of Vince's favorite things. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it does, as somebody who doesn't has like a really bad sense of direction, it actually has been really helping me 
visualize the property because 10 acres is actually a fair amount it's hard to like wrap your mind around the whole thing at once and you're very literary so i know it <laughs> helps you to have a narrative for places and i've <laughs> yeah. definitely noticed as we've started naming spots on the property um you've made a lot more connections about where things are and now amy can wander off without her coyote <laughs> vest and yes. And her bell that always lets us know where she is. Sometimes she forgets it, and I don't worry about her no more. But yeah, we've been naming various little landmarks on the property. We've got, uh, what all we've got? We've got Table Rock. Yeah, Pine uh, Meadow. There's Reception Rock, um, which is sort of one of the highest points on the property. If you, if you want to send or receive some text messages, you climb up on Reception Rock and, and hold your phone to the ether yeah, up you above your head. You can almost see the Central Valley from up there. Cool. Uh, there's the Smithy that Maury uh -huh. kind of cleared out and built. And then this past week when my mom was up there, I'm sure she created a whole lot more areas that we'll have to name mm -hmm. now. A lot of mm -hmm. clearings. She cleared out a lot of poison oak. And some of the stickers, she said, like oh, when nice. it gets dry and there are these yeah. little... Um, yeah, chamomile looking fuckers stick to your, they're like little round. I guess they kind of look like a coronavirus. Oh God. Yeah, I guess yeah. they kind of do. And they stick to your socks, um, and stick to all your other clothes. Right. And they can spread to like up to 2.2 other clothes. <laughs> um, uh... so she cleared those things out. We named those spots. There's like a cool tree that got struck by lightning. There's burnt oak. There's a watering hole. Mm hmm um, tons of spots we found and even though we don't have service up there most of the time I use Google Maps on my phone and the GPS well blue dot still works GPS can still find you out there so you yeah the so not only do we now have like you know on Google Earth Google Maps we have you know the property blocked out the 10 acres and Vince a while ago put all of the uh Contour lines. Yeah, contour lines for the elevation and seasonal the waterways. seasonal waterways. So now in addition to all that, we also have all of these little landmarks. So it really has been helping us start to visualize the place. Yeah, actually, it's helping me think about next steps. I'm always thinking about water. I'm always thinking like water. So it helps to have those contour lines. And now that we have spots plotted out, I can be thinking about, is this place higher or lower? How we can move water around passively? Um, it's something that's on my mind, especially as we start to interconnect areas mm -hmm. and change grade a little bit. Um, so yeah, anyway, in the morning we'll first make coffee and then sometimes go on a little walk and look at our, our little named spots and imagine future building sites and all of that. Then what do we do for breakfast? Uh, I don't usually make a campfire for breakfast because making a fire is like a big project. Um, and usually not something that I want to deal with first thing in the morning. Um, at least of which, because we all have work to get to. Um, but I do almost always make a hot breakfast uh, for everybody using our Coleman stove. We've talked about our little Coleman stove. Probably. Um, yeah, it's two burners, propane. Um, but yeah, I think a hearty breakfast is important, uh, especially when A, it's cold, and B, you're like gearing up for a day of, of manual labor, of doing prison labor for fun, as we yeah. said in a previous episode. Uh -huh. um, and it's important to me to be able to, to provide you guys with that. Oh, yeah. You are an amazing cookie. That's my always... favorite part. Yeah, it's always gourmet. It's better than anything I would make left to my own devices at home. Um, I'm sure that's true for, for most people who subsist on, like, frozen dinners. Um, <laughs> uh, we usually store our produce in coolers, just like regular coolers with ice packs. Um, and 
for most of the season so far, since we started going to the place in November, that's been adequate. Like it actually stays pretty cool during the day, especially if you, you kind of have to follow the sun or follow the shade in this case. Yeah, move them around a few times during the day. Yeah, there's like always some shade being cast by our cars or by like a tree or something. So, but as long as we do that, as long as we keep the coolers in the shade and we start with some pretty decently frozen ice packs, our food has pretty much stayed refrigerator temperature for like four days at a time. But it helps that it gets down to like 35 at night, yeah, 40 sort at of night. Then it is out. its own. The, the world is your refrigerator at that sort point. Of averages out to refrigerator temperature. Yeah. But as we get yeah. into the summer, we'll be sure to take all of our cold water bottles too and kind of make a yeah. cool island. It's definitely going to be a bigger challenge as we yeah. get into 100 degree summers. But we've got some permashade spots now and maybe put stuff in the greenhouse depending on how it holds on to heat we'll see yeah it seems like it's going to be pretty hot in there yeah it might um but i'll also just you know transition to non-refrigerable meals more like canned goods more you know produce that can stay outside stable you know that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um so yeah then after breakfast we just kind of get about to whatever projects we all have in the works uh what's your mom been up to her jam is gardening. She loves to plant and uh, pull weeds. Um, when she spent the week up there, I think that's most of what she did. Oh, and... yeah. She spent like seven days up there straight by herself. Yeah. Um, she went feral. She totally did. <laughs> uh, and she would check in once or twice a day and always having, you know, cleared out another huge bramble of poison oak, which has been... Um, a major uh, roadblock to us seeing certain parts of the property. Mm-hmm. There are areas that were just fully overgrown and inaccessible. Right. She's cleared some of those out. She's worked on the paths, cool. um, pulling out poison oak, and then trying to fill those voids with some seeds that we left up there. Cool. Um, and we're finally starting to see some of the fruits of our plantings uh, Yeah. Yeah, some flowers, which we talked about a bit last time, but you said peas or something? She yep, saw some coming peas up? are probably coming up. Rad. Uh, some squash. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, when she was there for a week by herself, I think she was working on a lot of those sorts of planting tasks. We agreed uh, no dangerous labor of any kind when one is on the property alone. Yeah, busting up or moving rocks. Yeah, no move, digging, moving rocks, anything. Climbing can, trees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So meanwhile, you know, I try to stay motivated, even when I'm not at the property, I try to stay motivated to, to do things that will, you know, be able to, to transplant up there, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been starting some seeds down here in LA where it's a lot warmer and you can kind of start your seedlings. Um, it's good to look into your USDA zone, your growing zone. Um, what do we hear in LA? Uh, oh, now you put me on the spot. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know um, where we are in Mariposa? Yeah, Mariposa is an 8B, 9A, um, <laughs> where we have, you know, our frostiest days are like 25. You mm-hmm. get a few of those a mm-hmm. year. Um, and that really influences what you can plant and also what time of year you can plant it. You can, there's a season for pretty much everything in California. Um, but right now I'm having a lot of luck with lettuce and peas here at our place in L.A., um, you really want to let the weather guide you and we're coming up on the season now where you want to start your tomatoes and your peppers and your, you know, your summer crops, um, get those seeds started 
uh, so that you can plant those, get them in the ground when it's good and warm out. Uh, so then what have you been working on? So we have breakfast. It's delicious, of course. Uh, work all morning. Get some Don't coffee stop. in you. Get to work. What What do you work on? What have you been doing? Well, most recently, the greenhouse was kind of the big project, getting it all finished up. There were, you know, subsequent the subsequent visit it took to finish that up, round it out. Um, and then there's the dugout, uh, the next big project for our fireproof storage and um, just a nice, stable kind of environment, heat island, mm -hmm. um, which involves a lot of busting up and digging. Um, and all of these projects sort of dovetail into each other. As you're clearing out rocks and dirt, you got to put that dirt somewhere, mm -hmm. but there's almost always a little rut somewhere where you just you know, pulled up a bunch of um, brush or wood and you want to fill it in with some nice rich soil. Of course, we're making the bricks too. Have we talked about the bricks at all? We have some. I think we should have a whole episode about it sure. later. Sure, yeah. But uh, we're going to try every time we're up there now. We have our bags of dry cement and we're taking some of the rocks we bust up uh, for aggregate and making our own bricks. Um, we make a round of like three or four every mm -hmm. time we go up. How many do you think we'll need to go around the base of the greenhouse? Right. That's our first batch. That's, uh, we're looking at about 45, I think. Woof. Yeah. Three per well, visit. we're going to scale it up. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're kind of just mastering the formula right now. Totally. Formula, formula? Not really. It's very <laughs> time and material and labor <laughs> intensive. Now, materials are pretty cheap. Materials are the cheap part. Right. Everything else is intensive. Right. Well, you can do it good, fast, or cheap, yeah. right? We're certainly not doing it fast, but we are doing it pretty cheap. Time will tell if we're doing it well. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, all these projects dovetail. It's really cool. Like for the greenhouse especially, we needed a lot of fill dirt to get the ground up to level. Um, and we had a lot of it from the dugout. And then sort of this unanticipated um, benefit that we got out of it was harvesting water. Um, right. Yeah. You made like a swimming pool. Yeah. So it all started um, last time we were there, the time before uh, when my brother was up. Um, Amy and I left a little early. They finished the cleanup, did a great job. They didn't flip over the wheelbarrow though. And, you know, big bummer when we got back, you know, it, it had all filled up with water and the tire was flat. But holy shit, there's like 20 gallons of water here, which is more valuable than like a tire that you can reinflate sure yeah airs um, all around yeah. water not so much yeah yeah exactly so we had all of the non-potable water we needed for planting and then that gave me an idea i've got this sort of low low depression where i had oh, you, I do. do you need to talk about it i do but that's another episode <laughs> so i've kind of dug out the the very lowest part of the dugout and the wheelbarrow inspired me so right before we left um, I took a tarp and laid that down in this, you know, probably like four by eight by two foot deep uh, hole. Um, and yeah, threw the tarp in there and it's rained a whole it's bunch. rained so much. My mom said when she got back there, it was full and she got 30 to 40 gallons out of it. If you do the math, that doesn't quite add up to the, the dimensions I gave you a minute ago. Yeah, but it wasn't I thought perfectly sealed. you said it was like a thousand or something. Well, it's capable of, like that space would be a thousand yeah, gallons. Yeah, but it but... wasn't all the way full up to the No, top. no, oh, okay. no, no. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's very cool. 
it seems like we get so much more out of the things we don't plan we just kind of <laughs> or throw together at the last minute yeah well i mean that's that's uh, sort of the way of things but it is really rewarding no matter what it is whether we planned it or not that we've been there we make our marks it might seem futile at the time but then even the next time you come back, you see, oh, yeah, I was here and this is the consequence. And right. you know, now those seeds. I yeah, it's are more sprouting. of like an ongoing relationship, right? Like everything we do to the land, the land has a response back. I know that sounds very hippy dippy, but even but in, in just like a physical way, if you dig a hole, that hole will fill with water. Like that's yeah. just how physics reaction and has a reaction, reaction, reaction works. Uh, so, yeah, it's, but, you know. Everything we do is complicated, and there are so many different forces out there between the animals and the bugs and the water mm-hmm. and the sun. And, you know, everything has its own little yeah. uh, action to be had. So anyway, it, yeah. is, it is very interesting. In most of everyday life, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, like, sending actions and words into the void. And it seems like <laughs> there's no direct consequence of mm-hmm. any of our actions. So it's cool that even if it wasn't what you were planning... What you did had a consequence that you can see. Right, right. Um, what have What have you been thinking about? What have you been working on up there? You don't want to talk about who oh, the other thing I've been working on. Um, so yeah, it makes me. It also makes me think more long term and big picture about where we're going with this. It's got me thinking long term about humanure processing, um, and we've got plenty of firewood for the time being. Um, I think we're going to have more wood than we know what to do with. So we have to start thinking about mulching it. Mm-hmm. And there's this cool thing called Hugelkultur. I'm into Hugelkultur. I think it's Dutch. Um, <laughs> it's, you find a fallen log and you throw um, some compostable material on it. Um, and then you throw some brush on top of that and you end up with this rich earthen berm uh, full of really good soil after a few years. Um, so we're already starting on that. I brought up some of my red wigglers, my earthworms. Um, and we threw some of our kitchen scraps up there to get it seeded, threw some brush on top of that. So the worms are spreading out. They're doing the real work of cool. turning the soil and yeah. aerating it. Um, so that's sort of what I've been doing up there and down here mm-hmm. in in service of the cause. Uh-huh. Um, what do you do? What do you like? What do I do? Um, besides keeping Dickens alive, which is itself like a full-time job, he really, really wants to die. If left to his own devices, he would just die. Wander off and die. Minutes. Just minutes. what he likes. Um, yeah, for the first, like, couple months that we went there, his thing was that he would try to just make a break for it. Like, he he was smart enough to know where the entrance was, like, the road where we come into the property. And just, like, if we stop watching him for five seconds, he'd just make a break for it in hopes that, Not like... Not run, but walk but with a purpose. Trot, thought, yeah. Uh, and if he... I don't know if he thinks that, like, as soon as he passes the threshold of the property, he's suddenly going to be home in L.A. I don't know how his little dog brain works. Uh, but anyway, luckily, I think he's he's mostly stopped doing that. I think he's starting to view the place as home a little bit more, mm-hmm. his home turf. Um but all the same, it's it's a lot of keeping an eye on a little dog. Yeah. Um, and cooking, of course. I do pretty much all the cooking for the team. That's a good way to keep him occupied, too. When you're cooking, he's... Right, yeah. He doesn't attention. want to run off when there's food mm-hmm. around. Um, 
But other than that, sometimes I do productive shit, and other times I just kind of like chill and enjoy the peace and quiet. I pretty much always bring my Kindle, so often I'll, I'll get some reading done in the sunshine. Um, what else do I do? I Oh, I make sure I tread a footpath. There's a footpath that kind of winds around from the entrance to the property. There's sort of a turnaround, and then from there, there's a footpath that goes up to high meadow up to past table rock up you know some of these landmarks like that we've been property yeah. that we've been picking out and naming but yeah it, it's a pretty good footpath it, it shows you the sights i think for the most part mm-hmm. um and so every time that we're on the property every day i make sure that i at least walk the footpath once to start really treading it down and establishing it as a path i also pulled up a bunch of poison oak from the footpath uh, it's a sisyphean task but it's worth at least clearing where the foot traffic will be. There's too much to pull it up everywhere on the property yet, but um, I'm starting with the the bits that are actually growing in the footpath because that feels more manageable. Yeah. Um, and if you're really tricky, oh, it's so satisfying. It's it's so dangerous, but so satisfying. Uh, the poison oak kind of grows in like a colony. It's not really standalone plants. It's like a whole system. System of tubes or vines. Yeah, if and you will. luckily the the mother root it seems tends to be pretty uh, close to the surface actually, just a few inches down often. Um, so if you're really ginger about it, you can find the mother root to a given colony of poison oak, and if you instead of just cutting it or yanking it out, sort of carefully pry it out, you can remove like a dozen outcroppings of poison oak all at once, and it makes it feel less likely for it to just like grow right again yeah. the very next i was gonna say year but maybe month no, we'll know. see we'll see it probably took a few years for it to establish itself like that but it is very much like a vine right mm-hmm. and you're saying it's got the one main tap root and it'll have five or six little one or a bunch that yeah come well i thought tap root necessarily root. was down oh, straight down true. i guess it's just like mother root, root is a better way yeah. to describe it um that if you find that maybe you can take care of a whole you know 15 right. 20 square feet at a time. Right. And keep keep it from growing back. Yeah. Um, but of course, you have to be really careful when you're working with poison oak and like ripping it out of the ground. It gets, it touches everywhere, you know, even yeah. if you're being careful. So it's, we have a whole suite of protections, a whole protection system. Um, not only, you know, do, do you wear clothing, gloves, a hat long jeans long shirt and you only wear those clothes for for poison oak, poison oak work yeah like going on your hike but we also have uh what is it ivx yeah ivx i can't remember if they make both the pre-wipes and the post-wipes but so. if you know you're going to be working with it it's a good idea to put on this pre-wipe yeah, um on your weird. skin yeah and, and then, then after you've been yeah mm-hmm. exposed then there's a post-wipe as well and then there's also this stuff if you actually get um, right then there's actually cream if you cream do have an issue too, but so i haven't well i haven't had any uh breakouts reactions to it yet vince has a little bit a little bit more gets a really bad, bad reaction uh, Mom, but me and judy still yeah. haven't she had a little bit having worked with it all week and i'm sure oh, got okay. well into it said sure. she had a few places where she knew she just shouldn't itch it but yeah when she got home and it had been a few days mm-hmm. well then you know you can itch it a little bit <laughs> as a treat <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah around four or five o'clock i'll start making a fire um it's also cocktail hour, so we'll try to make a drink. It's always something something different every day. 
Um, yeah, if you've been working out in the, the sun, working out the sweat all day, you've earned a, a five o'clock cocktail. Sometimes I just like those chiladas, just like a little, <laughs> yes. like a little Bloody Mary, but with beer uh-huh. and clamato. Ideally, dinner, I finish dinner right around nightfall um, so that, you know, these two are done working anyway because there's only so much you can do in the dark. So it's time for them to come up and I'll have dinner ready and we'll... We'll sit together around the campfire and, and just yeah. enjoy a nice fresh air dinner around around a crackling fire. Yeah, it's been a little different, better, I'd hope, preparing meals since we got the greenhouse up and yeah. close to the fire. Yeah, to have a little kitchen, is, it's been really nice. Uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, we'll eat dinner around the campfire and bless more sometimes, not always, but often. I mean, if you got a campfire, you got to at least do s'mores one night. Well, something sweet for dessert. Um, and then sit around under the stars for a little while, maybe yeah. finish whatever joint we, we began earlier in the night. Weird um, convos, play songs, play the guitar. Oh yeah, break out your git fill. Yeah. Sometimes we'll like talk about playing a game or doing some other activity, activity. when we get in the tent. Um, but we never do because yeah. we get into the tent and after, you know, around nine o'clock or something and after a full day of working outside and eating a big hearty meal around a fire, all you kind of want to do is pass out. Yeah. And that's fine, because then you're ready to get up with the sun again the next day. God, I never thought I would be the kind of person that would do that, but here I am. Get up with the sun and yeah. the birds. Uh-huh. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah, so is there anything else about our average day on the property that is worth mentioning? Hmm. I think that pretty much covers it. I think that about covers it. All right. Yeah. We're going back up in a couple of days, moving some of Judy's stuff. Yeah, getting so a that's going to be an adventure. Storage unit in town just for the stuff that we don't want to uh-huh. get kind of wet and damp throughout <laughs> the year. And trying to get her out of her house in Napa so that we're uh-huh. back on two, uh, one rent instead of two. Yeah. It's coming together. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. everyone, stay safe out there. Be sexy. Be safe. Be sexy. Be sexy. Be safe. Stay sexy. Stay safe. (laughs) All right. See you next time. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know we were going.